You're listening to Watching Too Much Television. What happened to I just saw? I know you. Now you don't love me anymore. That breaks my heart, but it's still fucking bad. Because you're not going to love me. But you will respect me. Hello. Welcome to episode one of Watching Too Much Television. My name's Jacob, and I will be leading the conversation today. Today's TV show is The Sopranos, or as I like to call it, The Sopranos. Um, Yeah, there's um, there's not really much you can say about The Sopranos. It's, I think, it's a legendary TV show. Probably one of the best TV shows I've ever watched. So... I'll just start with the quick synopsis. So The Sopranos is an American crime drama television series uh, created by David Chase. The story revolves around Tony Soprano, who is portrayed by the great James Gandolfini. May he rest in peace. Um, A New Jersey-based Italian-American mobster, portraying the difficulties that he faces as he tries to balance his family life with his roles as the leader of a criminal organization. These are explored during his therapy sessions with psychiatrist Jennifer Melfi, who's portrayed by Lorraine Baracco. The series features Tony's family members, mafia colleagues, and rivals in prominent roles, most notably his wife Carmela, who is portrayed by Eddie Falco. And his protege, uh, distant cousin, uh, Christopher Montesante, <laughs> uh, who's portrayed by Michael Imperioli. The plot, uh, the plot, the pilot was ordered in 1997, and the show was premiered on HBO on January the 10th, 1999. And the series Ooh. ran for six seasons, totaling 86 episodes until June the 10th, 2007. Um, so... As the show itself, it had an average viewership of 18.2 million viewers an episode. Um, Damn. From, that must be dumb. Yeah. From what I read... I didn't even think that was like possible around that time. Yeah, I know. I, see, it was quite interesting because I read this and apparently that was the best performing show that HBO had until Game of Thrones came along. And I think Game of Thrones only beat it by like... 0.2 million. Um, it ended up with 18.4 million in the end. Game of Thrones. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what the exact viewership. I know. I think I read something that the actual finale of Sopranos had an absolute wild uh, viewership. But yes, so 18.2 million viewers an episode on average. Um, so. The actual show itself has won 21 Emmys, including lead actress for Eddie Falco, lead actor for James Gandolfini for writing, and supporting actors such include Joe Pantoliano, who's better known as Ralphie, (laughs) and uh, Michael Imperioli, and also has won the award for directing. these categories have been won multiple times so that's what makes up its 21 emmys all in all the actual show itself has won 118 awards through all kind of like television so yeah i think it's fair to say that as a show this is probably like i i would definitely say it's probably up there with one of the best shows of all time general reception 
Um, so on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a general score of 92% with a user score of 98%. Um, IMDb has it at 9.2. Uh, the highest rated episodes are season three, episode 11, which is Pine Barrens, um, which is at 9.7. It was directed by Steve Buscemi as well. Oh, wow, really? I didn't know that one. Because I read that the guy who directed the most, uh, Timothy Van Patten, he did um, Game of Thrones, The Wire, Pacific, Boardwalk Empire, but Steve Buscemi directed four, and one of them was Pine Barrens. Wow. It's crazy that Steve Buscemi Great. directed, like, what is... Con- I think that is, like, considered the best episode, I, I believe. I'd probably say so. Like, like, the, like you see those T-shirts that there was, like, that uh, clothing line that put up recently. Yeah. Like, Sopranos ones. Um, and Pine Barrens is the reference, and... It's always just that one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I must admit, it probably is one of my favourite episodes, uh, for sure. The lowest one is Season 4, Episode 3, which is Christopher. Uh, and that one is at 7.9. I personally can't actually remember what happened in that episode. But, yeah, it had a low rating. But, I, I don't know, there wasn't any episode... There weren't a lot of episodes that I kind of went like, oh, okay. Um, just to cut you off quick that christopher one was when they were uh, with the riots with columbus day oh yeah oh yeah the Italians versus yeah 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 i literally uh, quickly gave it a google search and that's what it came up so yeah yeah I, I can i can see i can see why that probably wasn't the best it's a bit different yeah the different for sure. It's a bit different, but I don't even think like, now that I know remember what episode that is, I don't even think that was like even a bad episode. So I mean I don't I don't ever think about any episodes like specifically being awful. No. Or worse. I don't think I think like there's probably story that you can kind of put in some kind of hierarchy, but not necessarily episode specifically. Yeah, for sure. Um I don't I don't know. I feel like with Sopranos, I don't think there's like episodes that are bad. I don't even think I think all in all I don't think there are moments that are really bad. Um there are probably moments that I'm just kind of like I guess could have been executed better, but all in all, um I do mm-hmm. think the show itself is I think it's the closest thing that I've seen to a perfect show, in my opinion. Um, I, d- I, I mean, I don't, I, I still don't believe like the perfect television show exists, but um, it's. No, I think this is probably the closest. Oh, for sure, though. for sure. For me, um, yeah. especially considering the topic it covers. In regards, Metacritic, um, Metacritic, Metacritic, <laughs> can't even Nothing. say it. Gave it a ninety-four overall with a user score of 9.1 um when i kind of looked into actual genuine reviews so in some in some of the websites you could actually break down the reviews pretty much around the board most people reviewed it very highly i think you've got the occasional person who kind of went oh it's overhyped and like you're always if you're gonna if you get a show that's like so good that kind of thing's always just based on like the already acclaim mm-hmm. behind it, like as opposed to the actual like opinion of the person themselves. That's it's just always based on like other yeah. people's opinions, like over But it's like, well, what do you think it is? I don't even know what you mean. Like yeah. you can still really like something, but it's like over Like 
I guess like I don't think I don't know the idea of I think the over the idea of overhyping something is weird in itself. Like I get I guess there's always going to be things that people think are better than they actually are, but then like that is also down to opinion. Mm. But when I ever looked at like lower ratings, I just don't ever I never looked at anything and thought the criticisms were. Mm, genuine like i don't i don't think that they really had too much of a good point mm-hmm. anyway uh so what i would like to do at this point um so i will start off with you connor so what would you how would you describe your kind of like personal relationship with the show when did you start watching it yeah like that kind of thing um well, i mean whilst i was at uni i got given the um got given the box set by my stepdad and um i tried to watch it I don't know, twice. Uh, I got probably, I, f- I think I finished the first season. Actually, no, I, f- I finished the first few episodes, stopped. Don't know why. Uh, I did it with Game of Thrones as well. Um, and then went back, watched the first season, didn't carry on. And then I think it was probably last year. Uh, I just sat down and put it on. And I, I think, I don't know what happened, but I hit an episode that I'd now seen three times, which was the college episode when Tony takes Meadow to the open day yeah. of college. And then just strangles that guy, and he's probably like scatty behind the the wheel on that. <laughs> but like that was the, for some reason watching it for the third time, I then got hooked, and then I just didn't stop for like two weeks, and then just watched it. I don't know, yeah, it just worked then. And then by the end, I was just like, that's the only show I've seen. We won't get into yeah. the ending yet, but that's the only show that ended in a way that I was genuinely like, yeah. damn. That- <laughs> but other than that, like I I loved having. This uh, we can talk about like anti-hero stuff re- later, but I think that was the there were so many things that kept me going yeah. with it, and I just see how it went mm-hmm. in relation to yeah. that episode. That if I remember correctly, is that the episode when they're staying like in the motel? Yeah, yeah, they're staying. Yeah, I know, exactly, mm-hmm. I know exactly what episode you mean, and that one was really that was mad. Ash, what what mm-hmm. about you? Um, what was your personal relationship with the show? Um, honestly, no, it's pretty similar to Connor to be honest I watched it maybe this time last year when I was in uni but I kind I think I only got to like a season and maybe a couple of episodes into season two and I just like stopped watching it mm-hmm. but I think that's probably because of my terrible attention span and my dissertation that. yeah but then um yeah but then yeah because I watched it on now tv but then obviously you guys well obviously we had lockdown and stuff obviously at the time recording, we're still in kind of borderline lockdown due to COVID and that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you guys kind of said, you, you guys basically saying, yeah, the Sopranos ending is like really sick. So I kind of, you know, thought, oh, you know, I'll try and get back into it. We'll not, not get back into it, just rewatch it, try and rewatch it again and just, well, kind of be- literally watch like two episodes a day and just kind of just been engrossed into it. And I literally just finished it this last Saturday, which was June, June the 27th. So I was, um, yeah, no, I'm pretty much in the same vein of like Connor, really. I was just kind of at every episode at the end, I was just like, just ingrained even more. I don't know, I just feel the characters as well. So yeah. I'm really just like, you know what, I want to. Was there a specific episode that kind of got you like, oh, okay, I'm subconsciously going to finish this now? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think honestly, just from the first like ep- episode, I was just like instantly hooked. But like I said, it's just my tension span is just so terrible. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like, like I said, doing my dissertation now, I just kind of just you just stopped watching it. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know. I think just from the first episode, it was just like obviously Tony's 
connection work with her with the therapist and stuff and you i don't know and just like but I, like i said all the characters you're just like oh i want to know what happens to them you know next episode do they die do they try and like you know try and piss off tony or something just kind of i just kept wanting to watch mm-hmm. more and just kind of you know no no I, I think what kind of actually really made me want to like properly finish it is like later on in the season when bobby and tony are talking and then when tony kind of basically goes like oh you know i've uh how we kind of go is either we either get in the can or we just die and and from like then i know it's like quite late on but i was just like you know what i'm actually just want to tan this as much as i can because i really really want to know what happens in the end yeah did you say that that when they're on the boat yeah uh, no not on the did boat sorry they're, uh yeah no sorry no yeah you're you're right yeah it's when tony and bobby are on the boat when they kind of get away for tony's birthday See, that one, I think it's that one, um, is one of the best lines for me, which was when he says, um, when he's talking about death, um, he says that he thinks it's quick, but he says, like, you probably would don't even hear it when it happens. Yeah, that's a... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That's a, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, yeah, that's my kind of pers- personal relationship with the, with the show. Um, so, yeah, um, back at uni, when me and Connor used to live together when we were studying at university i remember when connor did get the box set and i remember i i, I think I, I vaguely remember dipping in and watching like an episode every now and then but i never really paid attention to what was going on mm-hmm. and i i just know like the thing is is like when you're told like oh this is a show about a mobster with anxiety issues you're like i think it, it's I think any I think a lot of people have touched on it, but it is like the best elevator pitch in it. Like mobster. Yeah, boss. the best elevator pitch of all time. Yeah, exactly. So apparently it was um it was actually originally a movie script about a mob boss in therapy over the relationship with his mother. Yeah. And I just thought it was just so weird to think about how different that would have been. Because like it's almost reliant on how long the show yeah. is for it to even make yeah. that relationship just between her uh, the therapist. Melfi and uh, Tony. Yeah. It's just so long. Yeah. That's, that's it. Are they going to shag or not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's kind of like what you're saying, though. Like, imagine if that was in a, a you know a movie, but then it's like there's so many characters in The Sopranos, and obviously, do you know I mean they're so well developed? You're just like, how? Would well, you know I mean if it was a movie? How could they have crammed that all in into like ninety minutes, two hours? Yeah. Kind of carrying on with relationship with it. Um. So yeah lockdown no it wasn't lockdown um i watched it in november because i remember just kind of being like right i'm just gonna watch sopranos now because i've been meaning to for ages we have now tv um so i just went and watched it uh and yeah i just loved it um to be honest for me when um when you say episodes that kind of got you hooked um, I can't remember when it is in the series, but I remember the one thing that really stuck with me was it was so early on. I remember it was Tony Soprano driving around this college. I think it was either like a college campus or something. He's driving around this car and he he noticed some guy who owes him money. And <laughs> he yeah, like runs, he goes to like, get him like run him down like drives on the grass chasing him or something yeah exactly and i was just like yeah that's it like i'm i'm i was just at that point i was like i'm sold like this this is definitely i definitely want to watch this um i was gonna say i'm pretty sure that's the first episode (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i think that is like one of the first episodes that pilot did its job exactly yeah and look at it now (laughs) it is absolutely it is legendary so 
we'll start talking <laughs> about <laughs> the main body of the show now. So I guess at this point we we will we will talk about a lot of the main um kind of the main stuff that happened, kind of the stuff that like sticks with us from the show, um, or like kind of opinions we mm-hmm. have on the show. At this point, we will try to avoid spoilers, but if you are listening to this and you haven't watched Sopranos, if you really want zero spoilers, like if you want to go in like clean as a whistle, then maybe watch it, then come back. Please. Yeah, go get out of my house. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll touch upon some of the points here. Um, if it is really spoilery, we we will warn beforehand. What I want to start off with and it's a very key note at this point. So I put out a tweet last night, or a couple of days ago <laughs> now, actually. Um, I just went, is Tony Soprano sexy? And Shall we get our opinions first on, like, what is the answer between us? Between us? Um, Tony Soprano is not conventional sexy. He is... No. He... Just, I don't know what it. It's like, it's just. He's got that confidence in I it. Think. It's and confidence. He, and he's, he's, he's confidence. He's, he's got that swagger, and interpret it as you will. But like, he kind of doesn't really take no for an answer. I don't know. I guess kind of at the time, it's a bit. Yeah. You know. Um. Well, no. Well, 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 no. But like, when you watch it, there's a lot of times where you know. I guess this is probably spoiler territory. Where he tries on with the therapist like multiple, kind of multiple times, and she, and she says no, but he keeps doing it. And it's kind of, mm, yeah, you, you know. Mm. I think you know a lot of women, I guess, in the show, kind of. He's not used to it, I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, because he can literally get away once. Yeah, and I think it's his kind of like confidence his like he is who he is he's tony soprano like <laughs> you're not gonna mess with him um and, and he in fu- the show it carries weight like his name carries weight people know who he is mm-hmm. and i think what's kind of interesting with chips he has with his um apologies to if there's any italian americans out here who listen to this when i'm butchering this uh his gumas um oh. i want to i want to i want a genuine experience authentic yeah so his gumas um <laughs> but i think his relationships are it, it's odd because like he seems to have this good relationship with carmella and like his family but it, it seems it, nothing is enough for him the the world isn't enough like the world isn't enough for Tony Soprano, um, and I think because he's just such a big personality, and so balls to the wall with everything, but yet so like together as well. Like he doesn't do anything half-assed, but at the same time, like mm. he he keeps control of the situation because you, you, I mean, you can compare it to a lot of the other characters that are in the show. Like when you're like main protege, like being christopher like christopher is just out there like he is the he is like my first mafioso i he just he is out there to prove a point and he just does things Mm. like and it is the point of his character 
and a lot of the characters around him um, do. Uh, a lot of the characters around him obviously are there to kind of try and guide Christopher, but again, none of them, I don't think any of the other characters have that level of, like, respect and wiseness that Tony Soprano has. Uh, Maybe Silvio, I would argue. I would, no, I'd probably say like Silvio, like you said, because he's I think he kind of comes across as the character who's Tony's, like, do you know I mean? He's like no bullshit. He's kind of like straight down the middle. He's not really opinionated. He just kind of tells Tony like kind of, you know, the facts. And and I think in in some episodes he does try and put him in his place, but Tony's like doesn't have it at all. He just basically tells him like fuck off. And then he's just like, well, I'm just telling you like you know, I'm just telling you how it is. Hmm. I mean, obviously it was a bit of a t- so. How is he sexy then? Yes. <laughs> uh, in a simple in a in a the thing is if you watch. Finish season six and look at him in season one. You can't say he's not. Yeah, I think just by comparison alone, mm. just he look he's like, he's like thirty eight in season one, which is insane. Yeah, like he looks. I thought he's so much older than thirty eight. Yeah, it's kind of a it, it's kind of like a bleak reality to think like in the grand scheme of things how young it was when James Gandolfini actually passed away. So it's a shame. Oh, yeah, like, sure. I, I would have loved to see a world where he was still here. I don't ever think, like, when uh, when Sopranos ended, I don't think they'd ever have touched upon the law again. But maybe, mm. I don't know. You never know. In terms of, like, he's just done what is probably renowned as, like, one of the best characters mm. of all time. Like, literally made for him. Yeah, for sure. Another thing that I think is quite crucial to the show is the initial relationship between Tony and his mother. <laughs> I would I I really want to I'm going to put this out to Ash because I know you have quite strong feelings about her character and like her um, relationship with Tony. That's the thing. It's really annoying because obviously I know it makes total sense in the story, but I just oh, I can't fucking stand her, man. She's just so <laughs> just like man. Like I, I, like I keep saying, like I I I a hundred percent get why you know the director needed to have her in there, but fucking hell, man, she is just so annoying. She's like constantly moans all the time. She's so like she's just dumb, isn't she? Obviously, I know she's meant to be really old and have like Alzheimer's, whatever. But like, isn't the second episode where she like. Oh, what's she doing in the second episode? Doesn't she like she moans at Tony or something, and then she can't turn the oven off? So basically, half the house nearly catches on fire because she can't turn the oven off for the mushrooms. And it's just like, and then and then just by the end of it, I was just like, you know what? Obviously, spoilers, but I'm just so glad that she was blooming in the hospital. You know, just oh god. Man, when she was like in the gun in the hospital on the gurney, and he was like chasing after her. Uh, spoiler again, uh, saying. Like trying to get him whacked, mm. and she's oh. just like smiling, just like laughing. Yeah, yeah, because obviously Tony goes like, "I know what you did," and she's like half smiling. The guys, oh yeah, because that bit's so sick. Because when like the uh, staff, they go like, "Oh, you need to go away," and then she Tony just like basically loses it and starts like nearly fighting everyone. It's so, yeah. it's so good. I think what you were mentioning about her, her. her Alzheimer's, I think that's an interesting thing because. I think it also raises the question on because of the nature of everything that was happening to Tony at that point, did she actually have it? Or was she just messing with them? Because 
it was quite clear, and it was kind of set that she resented Tony. Um, yeah, and I, my personal feeling is that I think she resented Tony because he became his dad. Yeah, his dad. he became his dad. Yeah, and she resented him. Yeah, for sure. And it was, I think, and then the relationship with Junior as well, and that's that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, with Junior. But I, I mean, mean, I know what you can say with like the Alzheimer's. I, I, I think like at the start, I don't think I think obviously she was putting it on, but I do think you know, at the start of season two, I think yeah, she was like she didn't know what, what you know what, what was going on. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah, I think with that i think it's an interesting i think it's a good basis because obviously um uh, the the initial part of the show is revolving around that relationship yeah and it would have been quite interesting to see what had happened if the actress who played her didn't die so yeah because unfortunately she passed away um and so how they would have developed the plot from there i i think they they nailed it how they did it but I think a lot of what they were planning to do between Tony and his mother got imposed on Junior. I remember starting uh, the uh, the show and quite liking him as a character. Like, I quite like Junior. Mm. Uh, and then I think towards the end of the show, you're just like, this guy is such a cretin. Like... I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I thought like the tail, the tail end of the, um, of the show. I kind of felt really just kind of sorry for him. Yeah, really. I think, I think with um, Junior's story, um, it 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 discusses an even larger topic of another thing that I feel like the show covers. Is there a place for the mafia in like a modern day society? I think that's another thing that I I don't know if it's something that the show directly went to tackle but i feel like it's something that it indirectly does what 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 do you think about that i was just gonna say i think um sopranos along with most other gangster movies and things like that they it always will end in either jail um death Mm -hmm. or witness protection like almost every time um it's never really a case of god these guys are great and they're safe um it just it's not realistic um like the criminals that we support almost and i don't know i don't know yeah i, I just think they do it pretty well i think i think yeah. because it is essentially a comedy for the most part but they they fuck you up with a lot of stuff and i do think for the most part i think um you don't want to be in that situation especially when it comes to the end you know like even the way that it's kind of left off you're just like oh okay what happened? Because yeah. it could be any of them. Because you know, being a gangster is not a good thing. It's interesting because you look at the life of a gangster, and I don't know because a part of the Sopranos I feel like does well at uh, does well at glamorizing it, but also does very well at showing how lonely it is. Like I think Paulie is a prime example of that. Whereas, like, he seems to live the life, and like he he I, I think he his character. To the idea he likes the life, but then like towards the end, I think, I think it, it shows you more and more of his life. And like when he goes to his apartment and stuff, I think it just shows you how lonely it can be. Like he yeah, he just I... never he never settles for anyone. Um, mm. He just 
don't know. He just kind of, I think it's, he, he got married to the mafia life and that was it. I think what's really interesting about Paulie as well, I know you obviously talked yeah. about the mafia life as well, mm-hmm. is when he um, picks up that painting of uh, Tony and the horse. Yeah. And then when Tony uh, goes to his mm. house and obviously Tony's absolutely furious, but then it kind of actually shows that like, like, like you were touching on Jacob, like that's all that po- uh, Paulie like knows and just almost kind of loves, I guess, until the end. Yeah. That's like, like, like do you know what I mean? That's, that, that's all he's ever known. Just like, uh, you know, just respects and whoever is the boss, you just, do you know what I mean? You, well, basically, it, it's a family, isn't it? Really? Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, mm. they talk about, like, obviously being Matthew's part of the family. It's just, like, how much respect he has for, for Tony. It's just, uh, but then, like I said, it's kind of sad at the end. Yeah, I definitely think, like, the last season is definitely more, like, they're, they're reaching that point. Do you know I mean? They're getting too old. Are they getting too old to do this now? And then, you know. And, and I, I think, as up. well, the aging mobster thing, um, I think it's quite an interesting um reflection on the younger people so the younger so there's always there's a younger breed who come through and then you've got some of the relationship of the younger characters and what they have with the mafia like i think christopher is Mm. like the first kind of like fresh face young mafioso you see and he's got i think they even i think they even say in the show like he he shows like he shows experience beyond his years i think he get doesn't he get um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what he gets because doesn't he get quite like a higher? He gets a higher role, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets made. Yeah, he gets made. becomes a captain. Uh, I, yeah. I believe he becomes a captain, doesn't he? All these people get made, but like everyone dies. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what's the point? But this is it. Like with Christopher, I think it's such a weird thing because it's like he gets given this, but he doesn't half bloody squander it, does he? I mean, we'll, <laughs> we'll touch upon it. I would rather touch upon it later because I mean I know we've we've we're already kind of gently dipping our toes into. I don't think we've we've gone into anything too bad, but I think Christopher is a very interesting case study to how that life can really mess you up. Um, yeah. Can we just discuss at how dumb the cover stories are for gangsters' real jobs? <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows what you do, and then he's like, "Oh no, I work in yeah. construction." Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, before I bring anything else up, is there anything else that anyone wants to kind of discuss any points that they've made? No, no, I'm good. I think they'll um, probably all come up. Oh, actually, no, I thought it'd be worth just saying that according to the Michael Imperioli on Joe Rogan, even after 20 years, Sopranos is still the number two most streamed HBO show during the pandemic behind Westworld. Oh, which is so a lot, I think a lot of people have got the uh, hankering for the mafia life. So there'll be a lot of um, organised crime once this pandemic's over. Um, I think one thing I would like to touch upon uh, before we we go on to another topic, um, I just want to talk about Ralphie. I think, oh. <laughs> honestly, I think he is one of the best, like, one-off characters that I have ever seen in a TV show, and I stand by that. For for how li- how much how little he's little time he's actually in the show. Spoilers, I guess. He yeah. makes such an impact, and his character is so like big. I simultaneously hate him and also love him at the same time. 
how did you guys feel about Ralphie as a um, character? No, I, I I feel the same. It's like you hate him because of the fucked up stuff that he that he does. But but I think towards the end of his arc, his character arc, you feel really really sorry for him. Yeah, in a really kind of really strange way. And then when he actually kind of goes, you kind of like, oh. I kind of actually wish you kind of actually stayed on a little bit because I really think you actually would have like you would have changed. But yeah, no, I, I'm in the same boat. Like he's such like a a hateable character. But what season does he? Is it season three he appears in? Yeah, yeah, I think from like the yeah, beginning. Of it. It's like we said, Jake, he literally makes such an impact from like the get go. You're just like, oh, okay, and just like I just think his accent is just so well done as well. It's just, it's so funny because so like kind of high pit almost like high pitch and really like irritating. But like. I he's, don't know who the actor is, but he done such a like you said, he done such a good job of him. Um, I think he's definitely one of the most was, like because I mentioned him earlier because he actually he was one of the Emmy winners, um, Joe Joe Pentialano. Um, no, he like he he smashes that role like hundred percent. Yeah, as well with um, Ralphie is, I think when you were mentioning his like voice and stuff, he's got quite. Um, I think he's got a Joe Pesci quality. Like he's he can mm. be so likable and so like they Pete they like him, but then like he just does absolute nuts stuff and just goes off the handle, and it's just like, oh my god! Like you're just like, Duff. he is pretty much mm-hmm. just like a Joe Pesci. He's got like small man yeah, for sure. But I think there's so much stuff that happens involving him that's so pinnacle to what happens in the show. Um, I think, but then like mm-hmm. that would be me discrediting some of the other people who come into the show. Like obviously when Steve Buscemi was in it, uh, when he was playing um, Tony, uh, Tony, Tony's Tony. cousin, the other Tony. Tony. Um, yeah, I thought Steve Buscemi was really good in the show, uh, and I thought he actually acted as like a quite a good dynamic for uh, James Gandolfini in in the mm-hmm. show. Um, I think he, I think he helped people understand. Um, I think Tony Soprano's character on an emotional level, because this was like, I know Christopher is, they are related, but I think it's like distant. Whereas they are literally yeah. cousins. I think it's I think it's uh, Tony's nephew. I believe that's how he's related to Christopher. Um, I think so, but I think it's something weird. No, because it's not. It's like um, it's, it's not, not blood. blood or I, think, like... I think Christopher's actually blood related to um, Carmela, if I remember correctly. I would need to double check, or if someone. Uh, cousin, cousin once removed yeah. from Carmela. So yeah, it's it's a very weird. It's kind of like a tight knit thing relationship. But yeah, um, and then also that kind of conversation brings on the idea of the power struggle within the mafia. Tony has to go through quite a few moments where his position is jeopardized uh i mean he inherited it from um i feel like i feel really bad now because like i can't remember what the name of the old who was the original mob boss because it's very early on 
doesn't Junior get it for like a little bit and then it actually goes down to goes down to Tony? Uh so Jackie. Yeah, it's Jackie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jackie Junior is the one that goes out with Yeah. Meadows. And that that again is what like is going back to Ralphie and his relationship with characters. Um it was I'm just checking now who the Oh Jackie April. That was who it was. That's his name, Jackie April. Jackie April mm-hmm. is the uh, he was the original boss who Tony then inherits the the um yeah who inherits the he becomes the boss after that. But there's the whole thing about where they don't want they don't Tony doesn't want it to be made clear that he is the boss. So he's like he he runs the show, but. In quotations, uh, Junior is the actual boss. Mm-hmm. So, as in for 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 the general, the general like police and everything. As far as they're aware, Junior was the boss. Like Junior, he was more of a figurehead, where Tony was the one who'd always pull the strings behind everything. He was the one who would tell. He basically made the calls, and that's where the actual. I think that's where the, the the start of the actual tension comes because I think Junior kind of realises that he's only there to kind of save face. Um, and yeah, that's mm. a whole whole thing, really. Him and Junior and Tony. Um, but yeah, I think the actual law itself within... The Soprano crime family is so interesting because obviously you've got you then also de- delved deeper into like um, Junior and his relationship with Tony's father. Yeah, it's a very a deep, interesting uh, look into the power struggle there. So the next kind of thing uh, we we talk about is how it was all kind of shot and how it looks now. The show itself, I think, just has that kind of like it's just got that HBO feel for me personally. Uh, you you can tell it's like a HBO show. Mm-hmm. Um, if I I didn't do too many notes on this, but from what I read, um, Ash kindly found it. Uh, did you? Wasn't it? They shot it on thirty five millimeter. I've got a few I've got a few um, little good segments from that article that you sent out. Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to uh, talk about it, then uh, go ahead, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, only because I've yeah, got pinned yeah, them up go already. Ahead, but um, uh, there were three editors that they were chatting with. So one, the first one, Comrade Gonza- uh, Gonzalez, said that uh, they shot in 35mm but mastered it to HD. <laughs> so shooting at high res meant that they could like blow up the image yeah. without murkiness. Which meant that uh, the example that he gave was like in one situation there was a full shot. The director thought he shot it close up, but he didn't. I did it. I did like a sixty to seventy-five percent blow up to get the close up, not like go from the negative on film and do anything like that. But like just because of the master to HD, they could manage to actually like edit it kind of in a computer that way, as opposed to like reshooting or shooting it closer or shooting with a different. <laughs> lens and things like that um which gave it like leeway in the edit room 
Um, another one, uh, another Sopranos editor, William Stitch, said, uh, in a lot of ways, The Sopranos is a conventional show. We don't use a lot of swish pans. Um, we don't use steady cam. So it's not just, it's not like the yeah. smooth thing. Um, and it, it's, he said, it's basic good filmmaking, shooting your master, shooting your over the shoulders, shooting the close ups, and having good composition. Um, and then later on, actually, in the same article, uh, the last editor was also uh, interviewed, which was uh, Sidney Walensky, which said it pretty much perfectly, I think, which was, um, my, my impression is that when people hire editors, it's that, it's that it seems to be less about style, more about are you in yeah. sync with that person? And it just seemed like all they had in terms of the way that they shot it was just so perfectly aligned with David mm. Chase's vision with it. And apparently David Chase used to do quite a lot in the edit room and uh, oversee so much so it was like yeah. always in his vision um you know it's all very because it's such a quite close and tense thing that i think intimidation and um everything like that was shown through like how close everything's edited and shot um you know especially when someone's talking in like a really tense way uh, like a confrontation you've got these like really close like just head and shoulder shots and it's just you know that tony soprano's face covering up uh, an entire yeah. TV. That's some scary. Um, but yeah, no, like I so said, I think that's the way that they kind of show it. Just that it's it's close, yeah. like the the family of it, of like the mob is. Uh, but it's also intimidating, and yeah, they just had it nailed. I think yeah. they got the right guys straight away. I mean, not that I know too much about how this kind of stuff shot. Um, like absolutely appreciated, but I do. I I love the look of the show. I think it just looks really good. Um, Sometimes when stuff is painfully like HD, I think that show wouldn't suit being like super HD. Um, no, I don't know. I'd kind of disagree because because obviously I've been watching on on Now TV. Mm-hmm. There's like an option for like a for is it a boost thing? So it basically, just automatically just like upscales the resolution because previously when you watch it, it's in like standard def, I think. Yeah. But then with with uh, HD. Obviously, it puts in like seven twenty, and honestly, I think it does make like a massive difference, and I don't think it really hinders it okay. too much or anything at all. It's different. I think that makes sense. I just think it's more like if it was shot differently, like if it was shot now and it was really mm. like smooth and slick and stuff, that that wouldn't make oh, sense. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I think as opposed yeah. to like the actual resolution, because right now, yeah, like watching back now in a more HD sense, it's just helpful if anything. But back, if they recorded it now, if they like filmed it all now, and imagine it was just this like smooth, yeah. old look at this nineties thing, and it's just like fuck you... that. No, it wouldn't work. Um, but yeah, no, for sure, like HD yeah. boosting. Like, could you imagine sense. watching like Tony Soprano like plowing his gumas in like four K sixty frames per second? <laughs> that stuff would probably it would mess me up. Like trying to watch that, but it, plowing. <laughs> I think it just looks really good. I think it, it nails the vibe of like all the gangster films of old kind of thing. Yeah. Well, which is also interesting because like the uh, so apparently 28 cast members all together were in Goodfellas, ah. uh, including five regulars. So that's uh, Dr. Melfi, Christopher, Paulie, Pussy, and uh, Phil Leotardo. Yes. Are all in Goodfellas. Pussy. Which is mad. Yeah, one of my favorite characters just because of his name, honestly. It's just got that vibe, isn't it? Like a 90 yeah. hour Goodfellas exactly. with mental health. What's not to like about the 90 hour Goodfellas? 
So the next kind of thing I will look at now is we will talk about the mu- the use of music and just how the show sounds. The intro for Sopranos is pretty iconic and I think it's it really suits the show. What I find kind of weird, it almost felt, it nails the gangster vibe, but also nails the fact that it's like based at the turn of the millennium. Like the, the, the kind of sounds that it uses and like the way everything's done, I think it really just nails that like turn of this is like being a gangster in the turn of millennium. And like obviously where it's like woke up this morning, got myself a gun kind of thing. Like it's just Sopranos all over in it. Mm. You're talking about weapons and that, but it yeah. sounds so nice. I think that kind of sums it up, really. It's just like smooth but vibrant. And I know I, I didn't. I, I always liked it. I just didn't. I never imagined myself like getting used to hearing it. And then I think it took like six episodes, and I was yeah. just like, just there, like singing along every time. Snapping. I love it, man. I think it's yeah. one of the best there, ever. Snapping your fingers, like yeah, sick. Um, um, yes, and that was by Alabama Free. If I am correct, yeah. Oh, baby. Um, <laughs> Ash, where are you at with the? Uh, yeah, the no, I, I think it's sick. It kind of sums up the show. Per- perfect, to be honest. And I think what's really sick as well, they yeah. they kept it as well, and especially obviously with the op- with the uh, opening sequence, nothing was changed apart from. I think they had the two towers in, but then obviously when the you know nine eleven happened, obviously they cut that out and they uh obviously re reshoil or whatever but other than that yeah i think it's like just sick that they kind of kept it concise like they just kept the opening because i know with some tv shows they do kind of change it up a bit or they try and like make like a new remix or you know vice versa but i think it's good yeah. they just literally just kept it and and and, and that's it they didn't that apart from the bit of 9-11 they didn't even like uh redo it at all so it's quite funny seeing like you know watching the final season of tony looking really like uh kind of young and then as soon as he like gets out of his car, you kind of see him again. He actually looks like quite old. You're like, oh shit! It's kind <laughs> of like, but no, it, it's cool. but no, it's cool. <laughs> I, um, I think it's quite interesting, like the closing like mm-hmm. credits and sounds. So I was doing a bit of uh, research about like the ending, uh, like the closing credits. Every episode had a unique piece of like previously recorded music. So obviously it was, I don't know, vice, vice versa. Oh. But the only episode that actually had a fictional band was the episode where Adriana manages that band called Defiler. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's, and that's literally the only, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's literally the only episode where it's actually got, like, a, just a fictional band just for the closing credits, which I thought was quite uh, quite weird, really. But I don't really think, of, I don't know if a lot of people kind of knew that or kind of even, you know, kind of thought, oh, shit, that's not even like a real band or anything. I thought that was quite uh, quite interesting. So obviously I know that episode's quite important mm. with Adriana trying to, you know, become, you know, her own person instead of, like, trying to live live under kind of Christopher's shadow, I guess. But no, I don't know. I just thought that was quite interesting to uh, to find out about. I think yeah, sure. um, there are a couple parts that I really enjoy uh, when they with the music that they use. Um, there's the scene with, you know, when they're, they're all at the dining table discussing who's going to be the new boss, and they decide Junior. Um, and there's all the inside... FBI guys who are all waiters and at the end they're they're in the FBI building and they're starting to put 
names and like pictures of everyone and i just really liked the music that was being um played behind that behind that uh found out that was the instrumental for Mm. paparazzi by exhibit um (laughs) so (laughs) yeah they use that um great song ever written see and there's also lots of other interesting instances like there's the uh, I can't remember what Rolling Stone song they use, but it's kind of like that. Um, it's kind of when they're all around at Christmas, and then there's obviously like Phil Leotardo is about to go into, um, I think, a restaurant with a woman, and the it's like Rolling mm-hmm. Stones playing. It's all kind of chill. There's some guy getting rid of a body as per usual, and basically yeah. yeah it's playing it's all kind of calm and then suddenly the building just blows up and then you're like oh wow that was a change of pace uh that i thought i thought it was pretty cool there and there's also another instance where um you know when they basically engaging in a mob war and they have to like go into hiding so like they they go into the house into hiding and then funnily enough what we were talking about earlier in regards to tony um tony's conversation with um bobby yeah tony's conversation with bobby about death about death he's in the bed with a shotgun and it cuts back to them talking about that and it kind of ends on there's just this creepy piano part and it just focuses on the door and you are literally yeah oh yeah. i remember that. creepy piano oh, part and it's focusing on the door and you're like you are wait like i'm just kind of, uh, that was honestly what i found quite weird about it is i think that was actually quite a scary moment because you are you were just waiting for someone to bust in and like it was just such mm. i think it it portrayed the tension really well um and yeah uh the that's and then before we move on there's two other parts i want to talk about but i'll save what the the best for last um this um one thing i found quite interesting is aj soprano and his relationship with new metal um it seems (laughs) i know it sounds really weird and insignificant but i thought it was quite interesting that they chose that his character would be into all of that kind of stuff. Do you think that was just... Yeah, yeah, I I don't know if it was just because (laughs) HBO went like, that's what the kids are listening to at the moment, or if it was like actually a part of his like character. Like, do you think it was part of his character, or do you think it was just HBO thought it was cool? Well, I don't know, though. I mean, I guess from like the late 90s, like, new metal was massive. Obviously, you had like Slipknot Cold Chamber, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess it, they kind of, you know, probably feel like, oh, this is really big. Let's make AJ be really alternative and just like a gothy teenager. Yeah. I think they kind of assumed, I guess. What I found quite interesting mm-hmm. is I don't know if that's like part of his like shitty I fuck you mum like attitude that he has at that point. Yeah, I think, it's that I think it, it definitely fits that cliche. Um, and mm. I will never, ever forget his uh, Slipknot Windbreaker. That I've got an honourable mention exactly. on that later. <laughs> if, if this podcast is dedicated to anything, it's AJ Soprano's like Slipknot Windbreaker, because that that shit goes dummy. 
<laughs> Honestly, I love it. Um, right. Uh, then yeah. there's this last right. part I want to talk about. So, massive spoiler warning. If you're about to listen to this bit and you haven't seen the show, then I would suggest stopping right now because otherwise watching the show is going to be redundant. Yeah, I think from now yeah, on, spoilers we're, we're are open. spoiler territory, baby. Sound the spoiler klaxon because we're get Exactly. <laughs> that's, like, that's some, like, L dude brother kind of... Uh, 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 yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Chris and so when Chris and Tony are in the car together, oh. yeah. What oh. I find really weird because I went back and saw like I watched some of it. I just was on YouTube and was like, oh yeah, what do I talk about for the music bit? And they were just like, oh ten, uh, just, oh someone just supercut like the best parts that they've used music in Sopranos. I'll just watch this. Um, and one of the parts was Tony and Chris having this conversation, and Tony. Um, no, Chris just puts the radio on. He's like, oh, uh, oh, I just heard this song and it's Comfortably Numb. Uh, I think, was it Comfortably Numb? I think it was originally by Pink Floyd. But I think he's showing him a different yeah. version. I think they're talking about um, David Gil. I think it's David Gil and all that stuff. I'm sorry if you're a Pink Floyd fan. I, I know absolutely shit all about Pink Floyd other than my dad really liked Dark Side of the Moon. But yeah. They're listening to Comfortably Numb in the car and talking about it and all this stuff. And I think it's such a interesting way, uh, like such an interesting song to have before Chris is just going to, you know, uh, Tony's just going to be like, Nighty Nunu's Chris. Like, before, before like, that <laughs> moment. I, I just, it, I feel like it was weird because I watched it and I was like, I've never thought about it. I've never thought like how much that like actually hits personally. It's, about, it's probably just an mm. indication, like just his alcohol and drug issues, really. Because obviously, yeah. I think before he's like basically he's intoxicated, and um, I think that's kind of just a, a I don't know, just a weird meaning, I guess. Just said that he kind of died, but he was kind of comfortably numb, I guess, because mm. he just fucking took a lot of drugs and uh, drunk a lot, a lot of alcohol. You know, his, his yeah. girlfriend's yeah. been murdered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by, by, I love it. By we, his friends. <laughs> yeah, I, I think just at that point, you are. And um, so it's pretty perfect, really. And yeah, let alone all the fucking heroin that he <laughs> smacked up that arm. God. But I think that's what's kind of interesting about that part. But I think that is a very another interesting moment to that happening. Um, so the next kind of thing um, is what are our kind of like? <laughs> I know that we but we all love the show, but do we have any problems, any issues on the show? Like, is there anything that you're just you you can like? I know this is proper like nitpicking. <laughs> I think Ash is going to have a, a few more. Um, but just before, I think I my only thing, it's not even an issue or a problem, but it's more like I'd be really interested to see, like it seemed like the recurring theme was that Tony was his own kind of mm -hmm. villain because um, it's quite difficult to give an anti-hero a, a a really good villain. Um, I don't even know how he could, without them becoming just heroic because uh, it would just be shit. Um, but I would have been... I would have been really interested to see how they would have done like a proper horrific villain. Like, like imagine you've got like your Cersei's and Joffrey's in Game of Thrones, but then Ramsay comes in. Yeah. 
I would love to see a I think, as fuck, but I don't even know how they do it without I don't know, bringing I don't, I terrorism. Think, I think or Ralphie is probably the closest. I was going to say, probably kind of got to someone got, being a massive yeah, yeah. or Jeremy going extreme. But yeah, no, I, I think that'd been quite cool to be fair, Connor. Yeah, agreed. Though. No, that is actually pretty much true. Actually, yeah, that's probably the closest. Yeah. But just one that you because we 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 thought Ralphie was like redeem not redeemable, but like. There was something in him that was just like almost like a hothead version of the yeah. other guys. Whereas I wanted to see real fucking. Yeah, you dark. want you want something like you want yeah. you wanted someone who was like a nasty piece of work. I would I would Less than Tony, you know. But I don't know. Problem though, it's just more like I would have been interested to see how they would have done it because I wouldn't even know how yeah. they would have. I I think I agree with Ash that like I feel the closest um, character probably was Ralphie. But then, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anyone who comes in and just like. I mean, there are people. Like, I feel like you do get introduced to new kind of nah, Ralphie. Ralphie. Um, not. I don't think he's as bad at all. But Phil Leotardo is pretty a bit of a bastard. Nah, not the same. Not the same. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's nothing. He's a bit of a bastard, but I don't think you get anything to the level of like that. Them kind of villains. Um, I don't know. I think I, I, I do get it. I get the point. Um, the one thing I would say about that, though, is like, I think because of the show itself is a bit more grounded. So I, I don't know if it's like hard to introduce someone who's like a full on like. It's probably just not that realistic. Like it's it, that's mm. too showy, I think, to have like hero versus kind of thing. That's why I just don't think it would work. But I would like to see how they yeah. would make it work. But other than that, no. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything. What about you guys? Uh, wait, do you want to go first? Jacob, I'll go or... first. My only qualms, so I'm just going to kind of be quick on it because I don't, re- I don't feel like there's too much like to really because like these are this is more me being nitpicky. Um, I can think that the the Soprano kids, I think, can be so annoying and so irritating, but then like I guess that's kind of their point um i think aj especially i think what's kind of weird is like in a way i think you are meant to kind of sympathize with him because his dad is this hard ass and is emotion like for the lack of a better word like emotionally stunted um but god he doesn't he isn't half a bitch like <laughs> like the guy the guy's out here having it like he thinks he's really hard done by and i i do i do get it like his mental health is shot like but come on man yeah especially in the final yeah. season um i feel like the fever dream sequences can be a bit weird um and then linking to that again tony working yeah, out <clears throat> that pussy was the snitch but I thought it was a bit weird that he worked out through a fever dream. Um, I don't know if it was... I don't know if uh, I'm missing something. I think it's just or... but it was just, like, in denial, maybe. Well, no, because he, um, he's almost, like, uh, kind of conscious, but not when he goes up to his room, doesn't he? And then he gets it. He goes through his cigar box, I believe, and he uh, takes it off, doesn't he? And then he sees all yeah. the wires there. But this is... But this is it, though. Like, uh, then, then I guess that's open to interpretation. If that was either 
if 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 Tony actually did that, or is that all in his no, head? I guess but... I do think he did that, but I think the 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 thing is, is like he had to have a whole. I think he still had that whole fever dream experience before going. Like I know that he's a snitch. I just need proof. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit weird, but uh, again, like uh, that is me being nitpicky because I still think that stuff is really good, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was like a clever mm. way to um, touch on it. But yeah, I I can I get that some people probably would turn around and be like, "Bit weird that he worked out like that," but it it's down to taste. Um, what about yourself, Ash? Is there anything that I haven't covered or? Um, yeah, no, I've I'm kind of this. I've kind of done the same. I've kind of just gone for a lot of reaches. Um, I mean, I'm kind of the same with you with the dream dream sequences. I think with season six, when obviously Tony gets shot by Junior, it's like two episodes where he's like kind of like hallucinations, and I'm like, I don't know. Obviously, I get why they're there, but I just kind of got a bit bo- bit bored of the whole like hidden meanings and like by the end when um Tony junior whatever kind of goes oh you know come come through basically obviously saying like you know he's very close to death but then tony kind of goes well no i don't want to go in obviously i get it but two episodes i was a bit yeah um the pharaoh like like the the whole um obviously there's like six seasons of you know uh dr melfi and then tony and all of a sudden just kind of just it just kind of ends I, I don't know, like, I think all all of these, like, qualms, like, I, I do understand why they did it, but I don't know, I, I just feel like it just didn't really hit that much. It just basically Tony goes, nah, I'm done. Because obviously I know he hints it, like, so much throughout the season, the series even, where he goes, oh, I'm going to quit, and then comes back. And then when he kind of goes, it's just like, mm. oh, I don't know, because I feel like they have such, like, a strong connection. Or, you know, obviously cause they've been through a lot for, like, seven years or how long, however long it's been to therapy. I just feel like, I don't know, for the ending could have been a little bit more, like, damn you know i don't know maybe if even she like kissed him or something do you know we'd be like oh shit and then whatever but i don't know how you guys feel about that bit or well that was actually one of my um was in terms of pacing yeah uh, like in terms of like uh, melfi and tony they just constantly you think that they're gonna like shag or whatever yeah it just never really gets that. and i just think it's so good that they just didn't kind of succumb to what it kind of should have been uh yeah. like how other yeah. shows would have 100 percent the romantic interest and the fact they didn't is insane uh which i find to be good but um i don't know yeah i know what you mean by how it ended but um at the same time i uh, i just don't see him doing anything well-rounded and I don't know, ending something satisfying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um I've got yeah, I've got three more. Uh who is it Fior, Furio? Yes. Furio? Yeah. Sexy Italian. When he Furio. Yeah, Furio. He kind of like just leaves and he never comes back. I don't know. Like again, I'm, i have, yeah. I have to reiterate, I do understand all of these, you know, and they do justify it, but I just feel like for me personally, it's just like I just wish he kind of like Maybe he would have come back with like Carmella and stuff, and Tony would have just like literally just like fucking murked him or something. <laughs> but, cause that, that's the thing, because obviously Tony, like, he kind of knows, but I don't think he actually fully understood like between Furio and Carmella. Mm. And I think that no. could have been a thing. And also, I have another theory with Furio, you know, another possible, you know, theory to the ending of the show. But, and then, Ooh. and then, 
and then I think another one, I think this is like, I don't know, I think they're more just like kind of plot holes, I guess. The other one is, um, you know, Pauline Christopher when they take the Russian guy into the forest. Yes. He yeah. kind of like just goes. Obviously, they kind of lose him and it just never really gets brought up again because I don't know, because I feel like that episode, it, that was such like a, a crucial point where like if, I don't know, they, they, re, they reiterate the fact that he's he's a really dangerous guy and they just kind of, and that's it. I don't know. It just never kind of gets brought up again. You really bigs him up to be like this really hard, you know, hard motherfucker. He just kind of like obviously gets shot in the leg weather, kind of does a runner and that's it. I thought it would be maybe cool if he like kind of come back with his like Russian mob or something, maybe. I don't know. Like I said, these are massive like, these are mass, massive like nitpicks for sure. And I'm definitely reaching, but. I think one thing that was interesting, Ash, that I think we had a little bit of a talk about before the show was um, where you were mentioning the issue that people had with the show being a negative stereotype of the Italian-American. Yeah, yeah. so this is kind of like, like obviously doing a bit of research, this is more, you know, I think that's what the general fans, I guess, or probably on the American side kind of had an issue with. They were uh, a, a few... Um, a few, a few kind of organizations like the National Italian American Foundation or the Sons of Italy in America, they kind of had like massive issues basically just saying like, yeah, you're kind of stereotyping all Italian Amer- Americans. And apparently it's really like, I, I think, I mean, cause obviously we weren't watching the show when it came out. But apparently it got such a point where Chase was, ba- he, well, he there's a quote basically saying he, he didn't intend to stereotype all Ita- Italian Americans, but only to uh, dissect like a small uh, criminal subculture. Uh, Melfi's husband says, like, this is why Italian Americans have uh, negative connotations behind them. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I think it's just interesting. I think it's like you were saying, like, uh, when we first started, basically saying that, you know, people will find something to nitpick. Obviously, I know we have to talk about, you know, our own kind of, you know, issues with it. But yeah, I think that's like a, it's not a massive reach, but it's kind of what you said, kind of like, like a character even like acknowledges it. It's kind of where the people were still kind of mm. like moaning about it, and even like I said, even Chase had to kind of like defend it, which was a bit. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, that's that's the only uh, issues that I have. Like I said, they were just uh, like I said, I really had to like reach for <laughs> reach for them. But you know, they're they're they're, mm. they're really like minuscule. And I don't think it really takes away how good the show is. It's just like. You know, considering there's like, isn't it 80 odd episodes? Yeah. And that, like, that was only like, you know, parts of like three episodes where I'm a bit like, ah, oh, it's not, it could have been better. So I think, you know, they're kind of like whole testament to how good the show actually is, where we're just really just trying to nitpick for issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't, this next part, I don't want to spend too long on it because I feel like we have sung its praises a lot. Um, just give me one key positive that you would take from the show, like one big positive. Like we we all know we we would we all highly recommend the show. We we are quite clear on that. But like one thing for you about the show that's just like that's like the big star on top of it. Uh, anyone can start. Um yeah, I'd I'd basically say like Sopranos essentially like created the anti-hero in TV, um, especially in the cinematic kind of way that TV goes now. Um, 
like if someone wanted to watch i don't know why you would but if you want to watch csi for like 25 <laughs> years straight um like the only thing that's going to give you any substance within that show is the complexities and the difficulties of like those characters and like their lives separately as, as opposed to like oh got a job to do oh we did that job by the end of the episode like the only thing that keeps you going is the the substance within there how complex they can be as characters so sopranos did it because him tony and every character have these mad character arcs and storylines that are so difficult and complex and so many issues that they all have that i just think they just nailed it in sense that like you know you see uh, game of thrones have like however many main characters and i think without game of Th- uh, without sopranos i don't think you'd have a very good basis of how do you get away with having like fucking 12 main characters that have genuinely good storylines and i think without that i don't think game of thrones could have come up yeah with i think uh, connor's basically kind of summed up what i was gonna say really so i won't uh, repeat what he said <laughs> yeah i mean for me the the one big positive for me is i think sopranos is such an original take of what could have been a very worn out idea like, I think the way that yeah. they approached um, mafia culture and Italian, uh, just Italian-American gangster stuff, um, I thought was really inspired. A lot of um, shows can really fall down at that point. Well, they actually nailed it because two of the writers, um, what, what Terrence Winter, who wrote like a, a bunch of it, went on to write like all of Boardwalk Empire mm. and also like the screenplay yeah. Wall Street, um, and one of the other writers went on to like create Mad Men. So like you've got a lot of writers behind you that had, and David Chase wrote literally every mm-hmm. episode, I think. Um, so they just nailed everything from what? paper. Out of really. interest, I know this is a little bit of a diver, uh, divulge, but it's something that I, I personally probably a bit guilty didn't really look up. Um, what has David Chase actually done since? Like, what, what, what's has he got any other noticeable works, or has Sopranos been kind of like his thing? No, that is literally it. Wow, he was just like, Um, fuck it, I did Sopranos, I don't need to do anything else. Respect, uh, he didn't really do much before, and he just did Sopranos. No, I said no. He he did do. Uh, he directed one movie in 2012 called Not Fade Away, and then he. Well, yeah. No, we'll we'll, we'll talk about uh, other stuff later. Yeah. So, this is where we're going to get ourselves nice and bloody with all the spoilers. I've got mm. quite a few things to talk about here. Should we just? Should we just kind of like? Let's 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 just go for it. Let's talk about the big thing. Let's talk about the ending. Um, huh. Now, the, oh, cool. the ending of the show is highly debated. Um, to if it's good, I personally think it's really good. Uh, I really like the ending. I I I just I don't know. I thought I remember the first time watching it. I was just led in bed. And it just cuts because do you know what was really weird? We'd been having we we'd been having power cuts in the house before, like not too long ago, 
So no, like literally, <laughs> Southampton have been having like loads of power cuts and stuff. Um, so I thought at that point, like, has it just fucking cut? Like before I actually finish this, and I was like, I had about, I gave it about ten, fifteen seconds before I went and checked on my housemate, see if anything cut for him, and then the credits roll, and I was like, well, you got my nuts in a vice there, David, haven't you? Before, <laughs> I thought like, and then I think I had a, I had to like, I think when you first see it, you're like, you, you you don't really know what to say. Like when you first initially see it, I think it's definitely when it happens. I think you need like a good hour or so to just kind of take in what happened. But now in hindsight, I think it was a good way to end it. I think, and then when you read up a bit more about it, and then start to developing your own theories of what happened. Like one of my favorite personal takes. So I do apologize if either one of you two have uh, had a look at this. Um, so one of my favorite takes is the fact that Tony at that point got killed. Like, so he got shot and that was it. It was over. Mm. Uh, and the idea is that you have been spending your whole show with t- the whole time with Tony. It's Tony time. Like, this is like you have been spending your life with Tony. And he got shot, he died, and you don't have no Tony anymore. That's it. Like, he died and you don't <laughs> see anything. That's it. It's over. And that's why, because it, it gives you that feeling of, like, that is probably what being killed like that is like. If you are... Sh- yeah. Well, that's what I was say. It's literally what Connor was saying earlier, with, like, he, uh, when Tony was saying, like, yeah, I just think that's it. When you get killed, that's exactly. it. No weird thing. You just... Exactly, and And that's why I was a bit like "Hmm," when you said it. Like I think because it just happens, and like you don't. I think that's why I started believing that theory because the other one being, you know, uh, you know, you follow him through this therapy thing. Therapy ends, and I don't know. He's just destined for this life of Mm -hmm. paranoia, and and that's why it ends. Uh, That's one theory, but I mean, this one there's just so much that kind of Mm -hmm. I say back it up away uh like bobby's line there there's the references to godfather um because you know he's got that shady guy in the at the bar like the whole time mm-hmm. goes into the bathroom and then um godfather 2 he goes into the bathroom and gets a gun comes back and kills the guys um there's literally i actually like i didn't realize the references uh, i'll just quickly go from to godfather which is actually quite insane um in season one tony soprano is getting into a car and then can you remember that the when he's about to get whacked, uh, yeah. he's holding orange juice, yeah. and the Don in Godfather gets shot. He's he just says like, oh, "I'm just going to go get some fruit." Gets oranges and then goes to the car and then gets shot and then he's like led on the oh, the car. So it's like really direct. So you can tell they do it. And then the Godfather, you know, he, he actually dies um, cut like after cutting up an orange. Um, and I don't know, I think, and AJ also references in season six, like he literally says, like, oh, you know that scene when we're watching Godfather 2 and he goes into the bathroom <laughs> to get the gun and he comes back? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he, um, and, he uh, does that when he's crying, yeah. <laughs> he, he starts, like, screaming doesn't he, to his dad, like, you remember that scene in Godfather? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's your favourite scene. <laughs> alone and the bobby line i think makes me sway that way 100 percent for sure what about so 
what I'm quite interested in is because both me and Connor really like the ending. As someone who's recently finished it, Ash, um, now you've had some time to reflect on it, how do you feel about the ending? Overall, I, I, I do think they it, it was a really good way of ending it, but I can see why people don't like the ending because I think we're we're very lucky that we watched it. You know, we watched it at our own time. All the episodes were available, but I don't know if you did talk about this, Jacob, but there was a lot of gaps in between seasons. Mm. So I think there's like up to like t- nearly two years of a break. So I I don't even want to imagine like, do you know what I mean? W- watching Tony for like seven years and then watching the finale, do you know what I mean? Like we're saying, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, seven years, every, you know, every week, every Sunday, 9, p- 9 p.m., going to watch the ending. It's all going to fucking kick off. And then it just goes black. <laughs> like, like you know I, mean? I, I don't want to be that like guy being really like you know kind of split down the middle. But I, I really, I, I do understand why people don't like the ending. But I, I, I do think now, like I said, we've been very, mm. you know, we can watch this at, at our own time, and mm. the ending does it. It, it makes sense. And the plus as well, when Tony even talks about when he says, "I oh, basically how this is all going to end is either we're going to get in the can or we're going to die." I think, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I do think Tony kind of, that's that's it. And especially with the music as well, that's such a vital, I think that's such yeah. a vital um, bit in the ending with uh, Zit Journey, Don't Stop Believing mm-hmm. or whatever. Because it's literally, it goes, don't stop. But and then it just, it literally cuts out as soon as Meadow opens the door. Yeah. So I, I really, I do think it's like heavily implied that Tony does die. But, but yeah, no, I, I, I do think the ending is really good. And I think... Like I said, I, I do kind of get why people might say, oh, it's a bit like half-assed. But I think to counteract that, it's like with TV shows at the time, I don't really think anyone kind of did that. We're just like, you know, we're just going to end it, cut. If you just got shot, it would be quite yeah, half-assed, yeah, no, I find. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I I, I, I do agree why people do do find it annoying that it kind of cuts. But it, I think even David Chester's mm. saying, like, you've grown up with this character. Why would you want him to be brutally murdered? It's really like... Is really yeah. barbaric. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, no. I, like I keep saying, I, I'm I'm really satisfied with the ending, and I think it's definitely. I I, I think when we do this podcast, you're a lot more talking more about the end of TV shows. I think there's probably only maybe a handful. I think we will all be unanimously really satisfied with the ending. So I think this is. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think I think it's mm. done really well. I think you can look away from. Just the ending, the whole scene is actually yeah. so sick, though. Like, it is just so tense, like, seeing different guys come in, and he's always looking up when the bell goes and seeing, oh, is it going to be that guy? Is it going to be that yeah. guy? Like, I, there's, like, two minutes on the clock, like, mm. what's going to happen? Uh, you know, the, the writer even said, like, even going for ice cream with a family is fraught with paranoia. Yeah, sure. And it's just an ambush or something like that. I, like, I think um, he's... I think even like the whole bit with Meadow as well. That's so tense when she's trying to yeah. park the car. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> I, I don't. I think watching that whole scene, you spend the whole thing being so tense because you're just waiting for something to happen. But no, mm. Connor, what did you think about the ending when it went like when it went black? Did you kind of were you under the same impression with Jacob as well? Like, did your TV kind of go out? Because well, I was similar with Jacob as well. Because my the, the internet in my room is literally just dog shit. And when it happened, when it cut, yeah. I was thinking, no, my my TV's gone again. So I waited a couple of seconds and it just ended. And I think I literally messaged Jacob. I was like, Jacob, 
I'm really confused. And I think he literally, I think he literally said, did you watch The Sopranos then? And I was like, yes. And he was like, oh my God. <laughs> I'd say that I, I was kind of confused for a few seconds, but then I remembered, um, I remembered every reference through every movie or TV show that I'd ever heard about The Sopranos ending. Yeah. And I remembered that of how controversial it was supposed to be and uh, and all the jokes about it and stuff. And it took me a few seconds and then I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, that was it, wasn't it? And that's why I needed time to, to recover afterwards yeah. after it. Because I was like, you kind of just go, oh, shit, oh, okay, no, that was it. As opposed to going, oh, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was. so it's kind of like, I don't know. I, like, at first, I, I, I needed I needed time yeah. really to think about it. Who's, did you, yeah, because like you said, did you kind of, like no going in you did you kind of know what the ending was was going to be then because obviously the show's been around for so long no actually no i i heard that um i heard that it's controversial yeah. basically kept how we were explaining it to you like there's something yeah. interesting about it yeah because that... um that's all i've ever had and my housemate was watching it um just before i was and i could it's so weird now like uh don't stop believing was playing and i was like that's weird for Sopranos to be playing that song. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what was happening at the time. Like, wasn't watching it, just walking past. Do you know when the show's been uh, over 20 years old now? And I even said to you guys, like, prior, yeah. like, I literally, like, don't know what's going to happen going into it. So that's why when you guys said, like, yeah, the ending is just, like, I literally kept saying to you, like, guys, like, don't, don't, I don't want to know at all. I was so, like, I didn't have it yeah. ruined for me. So I'm quite glad that I had no... um you know, initial impressions kind of going in, oh, the ending is going to be really controversial or, or vice versa. So I think I'm kind of glad mm. that I went into it with, like, with zero expectations. That's why I think I'm like, yeah, you yeah. know what the ending is, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. Can't really complain, to be honest. So some of the other key points I was going to discuss uh, as well. I think for me, a big thing was referring back to the uh, car scene with Tony. Uh, Tony and Chris. The only way I can really explain it is that Tony puts Chris down. Yeah. That was a big thing for me because I was very shocked when that happened. How did you feel about that? I Googled something like The Sopranos and then it came up with, why did Chris get killed by Tony? And I was like, ah... Yeah, I think I, so, was, I think I was similar. Yeah, no, sorry, sure. I take that back. That's the only thing I got uh, spoiled for me because I like Googled it. But yeah, I think when Chris died, I was just like, I, "Do you know what, what? was funny? <laughs> I had that spoiled for me as well." But I just did the dumb, like you know, when you're like Connor, you just Google stuff about things. You 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 Google stuff about Sopranos, and then that new question thing comes yeah. up though, like just auto. And so stupid. I've been spoiled most shows by by doing yeah, it. It's just like <laughs> oh, that's how you're gonna tell me Chris fucking dies. Um, but <laughs> no, it's still when it happened, I was like, oh my god. I was still a bit like taken aback because you're you at a point you think, oh surely he's just gonna pull him out of the car, isn't he? Like, and he's yeah. just like, nope. <laughs> like, nope. nope. It just. Well, no, because that's the thing, because I, I thought what was going to happen, because obviously, you know, when Chris nearly kills uh, Adriana, I thought that similar thing was going to happen, mm. where he was, like, really close to killing Chris, or, like, mm. for, killing Ad- Ad- Adriana, and then Chris let goes. So I thought that was going to happen, but then when Chris actually dies, because I think he's probably, like, my favourite character in the in the series, so when he actually died, I think, I again, I literally messaged Jacob, I was like, no, he's not dead, and he was like, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, no! <laughs> yeah. But, but I wasn't, like, I wasn't really... 
annoyed because I know obviously some people when they're like if their favorite character dies like oh that's the worst TV show ever I was like it's the final yeah. season it's gonna it, it it makes sense for like key characters to end because like we we're saying it's been highly you know emphasized mm-hmm. that you know you're either gonna die or go in the can so I was like yeah. Damn. What a wild, what a wild ride he had though. for sure. <laughs> um, I've, the, the, there's so much, so much we could talk about in so little time. The one last thing that I'd want to talk about in in regards to key points, I, it's weird. Like this is probably one of my favourite scenes. Is what would have been what what would have been referenced in the intro if you uh, paid attention to um, our little intro. Um, is you're not going to love me, but you will respect me. That scene, that there was something about when that scene happened. I was like, like it, it fucked me up. Like nothing else mattered to him anymore. Like it's literally just like I don't give a shit about the family part now. Like I just, I'm the boss. Exactly. Shit. Yeah, for sure. I think that was the moment that everything kind of flips for Tony. That mm. is when Tony that- stops being like nice guy and that's like this is tony the hard ass like the, he does not give a fuck and it kind of from that point also kind of like another little thing like a kind of semi key point it's going back to what we were talking about with the relationship with tony and ralphie whereas like all this stuff had been built up that ralphie was going to have a redemption arc and then he just had to do he just had to like kill tony's bloody horse yeah, um, I think that's a really good episode as well, to be yeah, fair. really good. Like, that whole... I think, yeah, like, we'll, we'll obviously talk about it really quickly, but it's the bit where, obviously, he, like, he killed Ralphie, and then Tony rings up Christopher, because, obviously, Christopher's literally just, like, addicted to, like, heroin at the time. So when he goes in, tries to help Tony, he just can't do it. And even Tony's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, like... Like, you need to help me? And I don't think, obviously, Chris understands what's going on. I think that's, like, quite a... An underrated scene, I think. Just that whole bit. Mm. I think it's so it's so For well sure. done. Well, with with the horse bit, it, it's quite interesting actually. And we haven't even discussed the ducks. But um, <laughs> the ducks. One thing I I read earlier was um, I saw the book that Melfi reads at night in her yeah. bed. The line in it that says, um, "Sentimentality." reveals itself in the compassion for babies and pets in his case in terms of like criminals and there's like a shot of him with a baby like really happy but then the pets part with like the ducks and the horse and like the protective nature of both of them is pretty insane i think like it's just feeding you this idea um but yeah he's just so obsessed with these pets um to the point that they're just gonna give him heart attacks it's fucking insane or make him kill yeah. people i think it's kind of interesting in it because like he will literally <laughs> kill a man over a horse um and he did yeah. uh and it was kind of i think it was like it was sad because ralphie it, i mean as much as ralphie was a bastard he did go through the ringer like with his son being like shot he was comatosed was he comatosed or was he made disabled so. uh no disabled yeah. sorry because it was such disabled. a big thing um but yeah uh ralphie was going for a full redemption thing and then um yeah that all happened um i've got one last thing in terms of the key yes. point only because i think it was really important um so there's a two there's one being that um it's really mad to see like people that are close to tony like adapting his like violent mm-hmm. thinking 
Carmella threatens the lady at the school board to get like um, Meadow a better place or something like that, yeah. or a better school. Yeah. And then like AJ doing drugs and like bullying other kids and shit, and it's just like, oh yeah, my dad's hard or whatever. But then the main one for me was um, Melfi gets raped and says to her therapist that the justice system is fucked. And she has that like kind of dream thing of like, oh no, sorry, no, her, her son, first of all, comes in screaming. He says that everyone's just a bunch of animals out there. And then she has this dream, which is like, she's at a vending machine. Yeah. And then there's like a wiler, I'm like yeah. barking at her. Um, and the rapist comes in. And she says something like um, she had loads of satisfaction in knowing that uh, she could say a word and getting squashed like a pug was the thing. And the Rottweiler being Tony. So there's like this hierarchy of criminal for her, where it's like Tony's like this hard fucking Rottweiler that could destroy. And I think it's crazy that she's at, at that point, she realizes that the justice, justice system is fucked. And this is why there's mobs. Yeah, for sure. The fact that she actually kind of starts understanding it. Um, I think at this point, I would say if you are listening to this, it would be quite a trigger warning because for for that because it's it is quite graphic when it happens. I think yeah. I, even I was, I think I was very <laughs> uncomfortable. Like I, don't, I, yeah. I mean, I 100 percent understand it, and like it was a very, it's like it's part of the story at the end of the day, but like it's a very graphic scene. Um, but yeah, it it was. I would I would I would warn before watching it that that is very graphic. Very, it can be quite triggering to some. Yeah, um, no. the thing I think again, I like messaged you. I was like Jacob, I what the fuck? He was like, yeah. I was literally like, I think I had to even stop. I'd stop it and literally just like chill out. Not chill out, but I was like, did that actually just happen? Yeah, I was actually just like, whoa, for sure. Well. We'll kind of we're kind of getting to the tail end now, so I'll I'll kind of touch upon some like some small points um, before we fully wrap up. Um, so as far as additional content, uh, there wasn't really much done in the form of sideshows or anything. So the Sopranos never really had much in the form of a continuing legacy, which is probably the, for its for the best. Um, there is a Sopranos prequel film coming soon, which is called the Menian saints of newark um which we'll be covering um i f- uh, believe the story of tony soprano's father um newark but yeah newark sorry newark yeah um <laughs> Jersey. um newark <laughs> newark newark yeah i i've been when it comes out i'll most likely be watching it um james gandolfini's son is playing uh, Tony Soprano and it'll be his uh, first acting credit so that'll be quite interesting to watch I don't know if you two have got any quick thoughts on that, will you be going to see it, do you think it's unnecessary I don't think it's unnecessary but I looked at like the, the, like the director like his credits and his movies haven't really been received brilliantly <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know David Chase is going to be uh, writing it, so it's. I, I I do think overall it will be good, and the cast does look impressive. And I think as well, in the series, you don't really know too much about Tony's dad. So I think that'll be quite good to go in the backstory, mm-hmm. and as, and as well with Tony's mum as well, because she actually might be like quite a, a likable yeah, character, maybe. maybe but um, but no, I I think it's good for like the older characters to kind of have like a more fleshed out a fleshed out story. So no, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Connor, 
I think as long as Janice ain't in it, I'm good. <laughs> oh, God, I don't think we even talked about Janice. No, we didn't. It's so funny. It's like, I couldn't ever get over the fact that she um she was trying to force Bobby to eat his dead wife's ZT. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. There's, there's, a lot we can, <laughs> there's a lot we can cover about... There's so much we've missed. There's so much we've missed. There's so much we could cover. But I think... It's hard. It's hard. But yeah, I will go watch it. I will go watch the film. Um, I just just don't see the point in revisiting things. I just... I'm fine with it not happening again. It's pretty much perfect for me. Like, it is the best show I've seen. And... I don't know. I just don't need it revisited in any way. It will be interesting to see that different story, but... I don't know. Mm -hmm. In regards to the show, so just a kind of quick point so we're talking about like a rewatch value of the show um for me in regards to rewatching shows i don't tend to rewatch these kind of shows um but if there was someone who had not seen it uh someone close to me who had not seen it and they were like oh i want to watch it and I, I probably would watch it with them i don't know if you two are the kind of same or if you feel like you could rewatch the show at some point in the future like it's in the same way that the godfather mm. isn't really like rewatchable yeah. like it's long it's long as fuck really nicely made perfectly acted but i don't know it'll again and it'll be one of my favorites for a long time but i'm not watching it for so many mm-hmm. years yeah, <laughs> it was like 90 say. hours mm-hmm. <laughs> so just to kind of wrap it off um so uh we'll do a top three um we did have various ideas of what we should do a top three of uh, I'll uh, we'll do the easier one, uh, the kind of easiest one. Uh, we could do top three characters. So, gun to your heads. Let's start with you, Connor. Who would you say is your top three favorite characters of The Sopranos? Uh, so, honorable mention from the get go is AJ Slipknot yep. Windbreaker. <laughs> Number one is Tony. Two, Ralphie. Three, Christopher. Just all mad complex and have by far the most interesting storylines and Ralphie's in it for like two seasons and he's insane at it. So yeah, no, easily. Yeah. Uh, Ash? Um, number one is Chris. Two's Tony and three is uh, Silvio. Yeah, very nice. I really oh, like, okay. I really like uh, Silvio, but I think it's more just like I said, he's yeah, more... Springsteen's guitarist. Yep, yep. And that and funny enough, that was his debut television appearance as well, playing Silvio. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. He auditioned for Tony, I found out today. Oh really? Wow. Did he actually? Oh god, imagine if he yeah. oh, god, I'm so funny. <laughs> Um yeah, for me. What about you, for me, um number one goes to Tony, uh for sure. Uh number two, again, will go for Ralphie. Uh, and mm-hmm. number three goes to Johnny Sack, of course. No, I'm joking. It's not Johnny Sack. It <laughs> was. It was. Prob- it would probably have to go to um, Christopher. I think as a character, Christopher is. He's basically like the secondary main guy. Exactly. Really. Yeah. I think the kind of um, mm-hmm. everything that kind of goes around. But yeah. Um, Can I give an honourable mention to Artie? (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Oh, Artie. Oh, Oh, what a... There's Artie. um, There's the other Tony. So there is a lot that we haven't covered. um, So appreciated if we may have gone on tangents about a lot of different things. But the point of this podcast is hopefully that 
you will go and watch this yourself um develop your own opinions who knows maybe one day we will maybe when uh the many saints of newark at uh, newark 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 uh comes out um we we may retouch upon the sopranos but top three of series what's sopranos I was. I would say it's yeah. probably. I would go bold to say it's probably one of my favorite TV shows of all time that I've seen. Yeah. No, but um, I mean, no, the top three seasons. Oh, seasons. Oh, um, I didn't do see. I I didn't actually do seasons. I did episodes in the end. Um, go, uh, go on, Connor. Then uh, tell us your uh, top three. Uh, um, see, uh, season one because. I've watched it so many times, but it is so sick. And with college involved as well, because that episode's sick. Um, But I just think it was a really good, like, beginning of everything. Uh, Series four, because of Thurio and Carmella, Ralphie, uh, Adriana, which we never mentioned, being a rat for, like, two seasons. But that was a pretty solid one Mm -hmm. of her. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And the horse. Series six. Just because I just love the way that everything kind of came together and they just killed off yeah, everyone. Sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I think pretty much perfectly for me. Yeah. I think my, uh, I think my top, my favorite one is probably the final season. I think just because, like you were saying, it's just so yeah. just like everyone kind of just fucking just gets gatted or gets in, you know gets sent to jail <laughs> or whatever. Um, How rare is that though? Like to to say that the last season's your favorite, it never really happens in TV. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's because it ended obviously so strong for me, and I was just like every episode, like it, like as soon as it finished, I was like, "Fuck, I just I want to watch more." Yeah. Um, and then yeah. season season three, probably mostly because of Pine Barrens. I think that's probably yeah. overall it probably is my favorite ep- episode. And then season four, like I said, with the whole like Carmela Fioro yeah. kind of thing, that's just like nuts. And when they actually like, because you think for a split second that Tony and uh, Carmela are actually going to get separated, mm-hmm. that was quite a massive, uh, massive yeah. arc as well for the series. But yeah, that's my uh, top three uh, seasons. Yeah, I would agree with all those seasons. Season four, episode nine is probably uh, whoever did this is my favorite episode because I just double checked what I put. Um, so it was the episode where Tony kills ralphie and that yeah. was probably uh, one of my favorite uh, episodes uh including like pine barons as well but yeah um yeah. Just last five minutes um so just to kind of give an overall summary so in one sentence just, uh why should people watch the sopranos connor it's the greatest show of all time that i've seen so far um <laughs> interesting look into what it's like to be the product of your environment in that sense he's born into this life and he most likely died from it too but that's a question yep. mark or a cut to black ash yeah i think it's uh i don't know it's pretty fucking mental really i just think the ro- roller coaster of what the tv you know show is there's so there's just so many ups and downs and i think as well being on my favorite like quote and i think i'm always going to remember this is just paulie when he keeps going i'm just breaking your balls that's my that, that's that's my summary yeah. i think and, and, and i think the cannolis oh my the, the gabagool yeah the gabagool i just honestly i think paulie's quotes are yeah. just honestly just one line is they're amazing yeah <laughs> i'm just breaking your balls um for me uh I would just sum up pretty simply. It's probably one of the best TV shows I've seen of all time. And then when you watch it, 
after you've watched it, make sure you watch the supercut of every time they say Gabagool, because it makes it so much better. Gabagool. It's quite long, isn't it, the supercut? Yeah, it's about a good five, ten like minutes. minutes. It's insane. Yeah. So that's that. Thank you if you've listened. Um, thank you to Ash and Connor. No worries. It's always great. It's been a great time. Uh, I've had a really good conversation. And hopefully you'll tune in for the next podcast. Hopefully. Well, we shall see. We'll keep it secret to what we're covering, but we'll let you know soon. So in the um, words of every great Italian mobster to sign off this podcast, forget about it. <laughs> Gabagool. Gabagool.